I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing very well. Got all my hurricane prep done. Yes. And now we're just waiting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For those who don't know, if you're not from Florida, uh, we are currently in the middle of prepping for Hurricane I Ian. Ian, Ian. is the name. Uh, and although we're not fully in the cone of certainty, like you know, we're like there. So we we're have to in prepare. the cone. We're just inland, right? So we're inland, and we're at the far end of the cone as well. Right, but the worst part of the storm is like the north slash east because that's how the, where the winds whip around, and that's. It's coming at us from the west, so it's gonna basically yeah. give us the worst of the storm. Exactly. So we're we're preparing, we're getting ready for that brunt to hit us here uh Wednesday evening, like going into Ish. Thursday, something yeah. like that. So but we're recording on a Monday night and we have this episode for you. Uh <laughs> we have a new movie that came out. Uh, Jessica, yeah. I don't know. Like this movie, I don't think it's made any noise. I, I this is like very, um, very tight-lipped production. The marketing for this was quiet. Yeah, very. The quiet. promo was silent. Yeah, like the like press tour hear, uneventful. Exactly. Like there, it was ho hum, business as usual type of production. And if you couldn't tell already by our <laughs> by our tone, uh, we are going to talk about Don't Worry Darling. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get started, though, on the movie, if this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you do like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And lastly, if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support and get some extra exclusive content. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. Thank you to our patrons, Janet, Curtis, Robin, and Bale. Thank you so much for being patrons. Today, like I mentioned, we are going to talk about don't worry, darling. Uh, yeah, I get, this is going to be something to talk about. All right, Jessica, let us know. What is this movie about? The IMDb synopsis reads, A 1950s housewife living with her husband in a utopian experimental community begins to worry that his glamorous company could be hiding disturbing secrets. So this movie is the second film by Olivia Wilde. Uh, she's also in the movie as well that she uh-huh. directed. Yeah. Uh, the movie is so explain this if you want uh, really quick about <laughs> the writing process of this movie. The original script made it to the blacklist in 2019 and it was one of voted like basically one of the most promising and amazing scripts that has not been produced yet. Right. Olivia Wilde picked it up. Studios picked it up, got some money behind it. Olivia Wilde then hired Katie Silberman to rewrite the screenplay, which is how we got this version of the script, because the OG version that had all of this promise and potential was written by the Van Dyke brothers, Carrie and Shane Van Dyke. And if you recognize the last name, that's because that's Dick Van Dyke's grandchildren. So we have basically a changing of the script. Oh, yeah. Once it was bought and Correct. optioned out. Oh, exciting stuff. <laughs> so 
Uh, the movie does star. It, it, it's a pretty star-studded cast. We got Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, uh, Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, as I mentioned before. Uh, we have Kiki Lane, uh, Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll, uh, Kate Berlant, uh, Asif Ali, and Sidney Chandler. Uh, so the movie star-studded cast. Um, I mean, we'll get into the discussion of the promotional tour in, in just a bit. <laughs> but before we do, uh, the movie did pretty well at the box office for being yeah. non-IP. You know, this is basically selling it on star power alone almost. And it made $19.3 million domestically over the weekend, $30 million worldwide. People were saying that was very good for the type of movie that this is and because of all of the press and the promo and that whole junk it was like a shit show but yes people were saying oh it did well despite that and i'm like no it did well because, because of, that. of that yes yeah. i am in that camp okay i'm, I'm in uh, that camp now how did critics and audiences view this movie okay so you were like before we got on this podcast you were like are you okay because i was just giggling and laughing super hard at the rotten tomato score and the audience score and the consensuses consensi i don't know anyway it has a 38% Rotten Tomato score and a 79% audience score. <laughs> it's like mm. a drastic difference. What a difference. What the a difference. Critics, I know. The critics' consensus reads, despite an intriguing array of talent on either side of the camera, Don't Worry Darling is a mostly muddled rehash of overly familiar themes. All finding good. The audience consensus reads, the ending isn't for everyone, but the cast, especially Florence Pugh, helps Don't Worry Darling make the most of a story with fairly few surprises. So, all right. <laughs> you want to talk about the promotional tour real quick? Because this thing has you been are so, hilarious. You're like, you are so entertained right now. Your face is like beaming. <laughs> go for it. Just go. Tell us everything. Yo, so this thing has been a mess. A mess. A mess. Um, I think it started, obviously the big highlight was Venice, the Venice Film Festival. Like that's where everything kind of like exploded. It but came to a head that, at Venice. Right. But before that, like there were some stories coming out about like the trouble production and like Olivia Wilde and Florence Pugh kind of going at it one mm -hmm. at screaming one another. Matches. Right. Screaming matches. Disagreements. Um, <laughs> on top of that, uh, this is where... Harry and Olivia kind of started their thing. They started their tryst yep. on the set of this movie. And there is some speculation that Olivia Wilde was still married to Jason Sudeikis at the time and that she basically cheated on him with Harry Styles and then the divorce proceedings happened. Of course, she got served during some divorce during was a it custody papers yeah during a presentation for don't worry darling and jason sudeikis like swore up and down he didn't mean that it on he purpose didn't mean it he didn't, didn't do it. tell them to do that whatever it was just sloppy um florence Pugh refused to basically promote the movie on any of her social media which, no barely. which kind of began the rumblings of right. like things are not okay on this production yeah because like all the other people in the movie are, are promoting posting it. trailers posting photos posting posters and she's doing nothing nothing, nothing. nothing at all 
and uh and then other stuff started to come out because harry styles wasn't the original person in the role then shia labeouf came into the mix right was he fired did he leave due to creative differences was there beef between him and florence there were text messages that ended up coming out that shia labeouf revealed the infamous video that olivia wilde sent shia labeouf where she called Florence Pugh Miss, Miss Flo. Flo. Oh, oh my God. It paints Olivia Wilde in such a terrible, terrible light because she was caught lying. Yeah, she was caught lying. Outright lying or spinning the story the way she wants to. And Shia LaBeouf, who was not the best, most... <laughs> not the most reliable uh, narrator, especially yes. with a recent reveal that just happened about one of his own movies. Right. He's not a reliable narrator. He had receipts. Yes, he had receipts. <laughs> he had receipts to back up what he was saying. Which he was like, is hilarious. I don't know what she's me. talking about, but this is what I have. And it has turned into such a nightmare for, I think, Olivia Wilde especially. Yes. <laughs> um, She had to stop going to her boyfriend Harry's concerts for a minute while this movie kind of tried to get into theaters with a respectable number. And like, bro, it has been wonderful. I love all of this drama. And then Venice happened. And then Venice happened. And then Venice happened. So at Venice, Florence is not even there yet. Like people are anticipating her. She's like supposed to do press. And like there are these sad photos of Chris Pine just like <laughs> sitting there with the headphones trying to listen to interpret, you know, interpreting like, questions. Literally you see him and the tuning memes, out. The memes <laughs> that were coming out from him. I loved oh, it. And then he had to sit there and listen to Harry Styles describe the type of movie that it is. Oh, my God. Just what sit I like there. most about the movie, movie. is that it feels, feels like, like a, movie. a movie. You go to the movies <laughs> to see. And it's like, what? Get the fuck out of here. Yo. Like, oh. So Florence shows up late. Then there's the viral ve- uh, video of her showing up in a purple outfit <laughs> with like the a drink. Fit. I mean, the purple fit. Yeah, the purple with the fit. Margarita. Oh. What's the margarita? No, it was it was a martini. Yeah, something like that. But some sort of drink. (laughs) She showed it off to the camera, strutting down like fabulous, fabulous. Then she shows her team. Her team at this point was wearing her glam team was wearing embossed shirts that said Miss Miss Flo. Flo. (laughs) (laughs) She shows up to the red carpet 15 minutes before like the movie. Yeah. So she doesn't have to do any of the press. No. Then, before the movie starts, it looks like somebody described it as somebody obviously has divorced parents because of the way the seating arrangement was. Oh, it was so intentional the whole time. Olivia, Chris, Harry, uh, then it was Gemma, Florence, and Nick Kroll. Like, in that Mm -hmm. order in in a row. Yeah, always. Always. Always in that order. Olivia Wilde and Harry were never side by side during the Venice Film Festival ever. No. Completely intentional. Then Spitgate. Like. Spitgate? (laughs) Don't literally have Spitgate. Seriously. The stupidest thing I've ever seen. Stupidest thing. But people were like going all in, trying to look at it. Did Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine? And then- <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing that Olivia was confident about yeah. going into all the talk shows and the interviews after Venice she was like, was like no, she was happy to answer that question. Yeah, happy she- to answer if Harry spit on Chris. No, obviously this was not. Easy for her. This easy. is probably the easiest part of this low hanging fruit for these interviews. 
Uh, and so, so they get through all that, you know, and so now we have the movie and I'll be honest have, with you. We finally have seen it. I'll be honest with you. The <laughs> press tour was more interesting than this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, my goodness. This movie <laughs> kind of like just sits there and just yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, here you go. Like, you ever this watch, is like, our paint, paint dry, and then the, at the end, they, like, change the color of the wall suddenly, and you're like, I guess. <laughs> That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like to watch this movie. You're just like, I I thought this was a blue wall. Instead, it's a red wall. So. Yeah. Okay. So. Oh, all right. The movie Let's... in general, how did you feel about it? Obviously, we're both kind of in that same ballpark of, like, eh. The movie was treading water throughout and i wanted to to believe that the twist because obviously there was gonna be a twist that the twist would happen earlier so that we would get a little more of tension and resolve in the latter half of the movie doesn't happen they keep the audience in the dark when really the audience is very smart <laughs> and they could figure out something's am- at the very least something's amiss. It's not, everything's not as it seems. And the final like 20, 30 minutes of the movie are really bad. Just awful yeah. uh, storytelling, uh, pacing reveal of uh, lots of themes that they tried to work out in the final 30 minutes that felt like such a wasted effort. I agree. And no amount of great cinematography, great acting, beautiful people, star power, like could save it. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I will say that this movie is trying to be multiple things at once. Uh-huh. It wants uh-huh. to, and I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but this feels like Mm-mm. a movie that is trying to deal with like feminist views on things. Oh, absolutely. At the same time, it's this trying- thing feels like it's <laughs> like if you t- if you talk to a personification of the movie, the movie would be like, "Yeah, I'm such a feminist." When <laughs> 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 you're like, "Oh, um, not really." No, and then like on top of that, they're like dealing with like some type of science fiction type of, you know, deal with the movie. Uh, Olivia Wilde said that, like, her influences on the movie are The Matrix, Inception. (laughs) And, like, I I see where she's coming from when you see the movie, but she, it doesn't come off very well. when When you look at what the reveal is and what happens, um, also there's like some, you know, talk about like some toxic masculinity as well. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. There is a lot that the movie is trying to say, wants to say, doesn't do any of it well. No. Like let's. But the thing is, it's like, it's so conf. It thinks it's so confident and yes. smart. You know how, like, <laughs> you know how. <laughs> Back in school, you'd have that kid that was like, I didn't study for the test, but I think I'm going to do really well. Like, I remembered everything. And like they get the test back and they completely failed. Yeah. But they had all this confidence. Yep. That's what this movie is. That That's a good example of it. I heard somebody say that the movie felt, almost feels smug in the way. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, we know a secret. 
but we, we're not going to tell you yet. It's so rude to the audience. Right, because look, I get that you don't want to handhold your audience when you're trying to have a reveal happen. But what you said was very true. This movie makes the reveal too late. And on top of that, the reveal doesn't really lead to anything exciting. No. No. It doesn't lead to the confrontation that I was hoping for. There was yes. a confrontation that I was waiting for um, because we had one earlier in the movie. And I thought that we were going to rehash that confrontation mm-hmm. again. No, we don't get that. So the the resolution of the film f- falls flat because we see what happens, like how we got here. And what's the answer? It's, it's not a very good answer. Mm-mm. So... Let's go to the performances really quick. Um, you know, we have <laughs> okay. Florence Pugh. Let me say this. I I think you may agree with me on this. I don't think Harry Styles was right for the part. Um, yes and no. Okay. A prob- I didn't have any particular feelings toward Harry Styles as Jack, but I do feel that in the hands of another actor, it probably would have worked better. I think that this part needed a little someone who can I wanted someone more sinister. Yes, there we go. More malevolent. Yes. Who can still pull off the elegant the charming facade. Yeah, but like there's a hint of there's something weird about this person. Right. I still don't know if Shia LaBeouf's that dude. Right. That's what me and my sister were saying. Like, I don't know if Shia LaBeouf was the right guy either. Right. But Somebody maybe Harry like it was like just perfectly adequate, like bare minimum. A good name, but I, I don't think they would have used him in this role. But someone along the lines of like Alexander Skarsgård, where he Alexander does have. Skarsgård. I mean, come on. You know, I mean, I got chills just now just thinking of like Skarsgård in the role. Right. He's so, so imp- imposing as well. Yeah, he's imposing as well. Like he is that's something- giant. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. He's a giant man. And Florence is very little. Here's another thing I'm going to say. Oh, God. What? Florence Pugh is good in the role. Yeah. I don't think this was the role for her, though. No. No, I can agree with that. Yeah, I, can I think get behind that sentiment. This should have gone to someone who has a more, I don't know, maybe feels like a more naive, like can bring a more naiveness well, to the role. Well, that's the thing about the movie too is that she's how do i put this without getting into spoilers i think she was supposed to be um like almost like i have no words for to describe it but basically you know how sometimes uh when a lake freezes over or something that Mm -hmm. only the top layer freezes and the bottom is like a rushing uh, like river yeah that's how Florence Pugh's character is set up. Okay. Where it's like she's kind of steady, kind of like going with the flow. But then if you put a little pressure on her, she's going to like bust out. Got it. I see. If that makes any sense. No, no. I see what you're saying. So that's how I viewed her performance yeah. was she had a lot of strength and bite to her, but it was all just kind of raging underneath mm-hmm. a facade. Yes. I Which she didn't know that. was a facade. <laughs> right, no, of course. She didn't know that was a facade for herself. For herself. Uh, so <laughs> somebody described the movie <laughs> as, uh, you know, a, a white woman saw <laughs> Get Out and imagined, what if that happened to me? 
<laughs> Bro, that is such a good way to put it. So, that is a perfect way to put this movie. Someone I said, someone I saw said that this movie was like uh, Mad Men set in Palm Springs. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's what this world is. Oh, that that's actually kind of funny. That's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so there's not really much we can say without getting into the spoiler. Okay, but let's of it get all. into Olivia Wilde as Bunny. Yes. So Bunny, Could have been anybody else. <laughs> Did not have to be Olivia Wilde. No, it didn't have to be her. And obviously, she tried to give herself either some of the better lines. She tried to yeah. give herself some of the meatier parts of <laughs> of the story, or like again I would have another liked to reveal. Have seen maybe like a Hispanic actr- actress, like on the upper end, like maybe like Eva Mendes. Oh, or, okay. Not a- Eva Mendes. Eva Longoria. Esa or um. The one that's married to Ryan Gosling. Mendez. Yeah, Eva Mendez. Did I yeah. say it right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eva Mendez. So, okay. so the Evas. Some, the Evas probably could have been a nice touch there because yeah, they can they can put forth that Stepford Wives like gimmick, but then yeah. also they're a little older. And so I think that's what, what Olivia Wilde was going for is that yeah. she's a little bit older and like, why is she in here? And like, the whole third act kind of makes sense with right. a, like somebody else besides Olivia Wilde's and yeah. I'll <laughs> never know. forget like the whole thing about her going out for the role of uh, the Wolf of Wall Street and they oh, said yeah. that she was too sophisticated in right. quotations, basically old for the role. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but here it's the opposite. It's like she's yeah. not old enough for like what trying to get across as like the older so lady that you kind of look towards in but a way. My issue is that she wasn't doing anything remarkable that only Olivia Wilde could right. do. And the character wasn't necessarily written for Olivia Wilde to step in and do the part. So to me, if you're going to direct it and you can't bring anything amazing to the role, bring someone else, give it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on just directing then. So, there's a few things that I want to go over. We'll touch on them in spoilers. But before we get into spoilers, what do you give this movie as a grade? C minus, maybe a D. I, I was gonna D go. Plus. I was gonna go C plus, but I'm leaning towards C because okay. I think that the mu- the movie itself is very beautiful to look at. Like cinematography uh-huh. is wonderful. Obviously, the costume design, the music choices are great. So, oh yeah, things, the OST was wonderful. Yeah, the OST, but the music supervisor was working overtime yeah, to try and make sure. this movie better, yeah. making sure they got the rights to all these good songs. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but other than that, though, like other than eye candy, there's so much that just lets you down. So many questions and not enough answers, mm-hmm. and truly. A terrible, terrible ending. Yep. Terrible. Awful. And I can't wait to discuss it. No good. Very bad. No good. All right. So (laughs) we're going to go ahead and discuss spoilers for Don't Worry Darling right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? 
All right, let's go ahead and talk spoilers for Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> so, do we start with the twist? I guess we should start with the twist. So, <laughs> basically, this entire thing is... I could see the Matrix similarities, but basically, in the real world, Harry Styles' character, Jack, uh, (laughs) is living an incel type of lifestyle. Yes. Beta male, in a way, where he's just sitting at home in front of his computer, listening to these podcasts that are just like... You should be in control of your life. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. They don't want to be controlled by women in the real world. Right. They want to go back to when things were good. Yeah. For men. Exactly. So (laughs) he pays for them to be inserted into this simulation digital fake world where they live in the 1950s and... Florence Pugh's character does not get to go in and out of the world like Harry Styles' character does. Right. Literally all of the men are enslaving these women in this sim world. Yep. I mean, um, okay. That's fine. That's I, not- you know what? I, that's not the bad part of the no, movie. No, it's not. Because I, I, I don't mind that. That's very Twilight zone What I wanted was this reveal to be a lot sooner in the movie. Way sooner. This should not because have been Because what's happening the, is the it keeps act. spinning its wheels. Oh, things aren't right in this world. She's like breaking apart eggs that have no yolks, no, no nothing inside of them. She's having weird hallucinations where things are suffocating her and she's suffocating herself with saran wrap. Or she just feels odd about the world right all fine should have been within 30 40 minutes she, she, there should be a reveal yeah i don't know why they waited so long no because it doesn't take that long to set up the world the guys all the men leave for work every day and the women are left to their own devices in this in this small spit of land and they do in the desert right and they do the the little montage of their daily routine and all that uh they introduce like a new couple that comes in and like you hear like little conversations here and there of like, oh, she hasn't gotten accustomed to it. And like they speak in hushed tones, the guys. So like obviously they've set all this up. Honestly, um, the reveal should happen very close to after the interaction with uh, Chris Pine's character. Chris Pine's character is a complete mystery. Yes. We don't know what he does, how he looks in the real world. Nope. In this sim world, he is slinging around propaganda that means nothing. We're building Literally a barrier tomorrow. Empty words. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Florence Pugh is questioning why they're even there. What is the victory project? Why are they there? There's something not right. Blah, blah, blah. Over and over, over and again. I just think it's a broken record at yeah, that point. it is. Because obviously the, the audience is on her side. The yeah, audience obviously. believes Florence. Yeah, because we want her to figure out what's happening. Yeah. And get herself out of it. Right. But right. the movie spends too much time showing her, you know, working it out and right. trying to. And how many times are they going to show her and Jack having sex? How many times are we going to see Chris Pine acting creepy? Right. So here's here's something I will say that was positive. Uh, <laughs> is that. Go for it. Their first showdown, 
or actually their only showdown, really. Yeah, between the only one. Chris Pine and Florence Pugh at the dinner table, or even mm-hmm. leading up to it, where he is like, I've been waiting for someone to challenge me. What the hell does that mean? I don't know mean? what it means, but the fact that he has someone who is like this close to co- almost figuring something out that the world mm-hmm. isn't the same. But then like the confrontation is it's good, but like, I'm like, no, okay, not. there's going to be something else that comes up later that really wraps this like into a good confrontation. And we don't get a second time between these two. These right, two, we don't get a second showdown. This should be the antagonist force versus our protagonist. And mm-hmm. we should see another showdown, and we don't. Like, why do we not well, see Well, the it? thing is, because Chris Pine is one type of antagonist, and I think what Olivia Wilde was trying to get at is that really the true antagonist is Jack, Harry Styles' character. Yes. Because he's the one doing this to her. Right. Chris Pine has just created this world. It's not like he's going to the house and putting all of that doodad on her, taking care of her, p- keeping her on sedatives and shit. That That's all Jack. Mm-hmm. Jack is the one that was like, I want her to be my wife and dragged her into this world. So that is not really explored at all. That he's the villain. Jack is the villain. Yeah. Here. And then, of course, you have the larger theme of like, well, men who feel emasculated and men who want to be in control, men who are betas, men who feel inferior, men who have all these different fucking complexes right. are at the issue. Exactly. Here. Because this world wouldn't exist without their fucking like nonsense. Yeah, exactly. Because they feel like because they can't control their own lives, they have to find a way to be able to have a sense of i'm in charge mm-hmm. you know because they can't get in the real world they have to get in a simulated they get world. they created a fucking world where they can be as machismo as they want right exactly you're you're exactly correct but the thing about the chris pine character is he has built this entire thing for these type He's of like men to come nagging presence throughout the movie and you're right that first showdown between him and Florence is really potent and I think they could have done something with it they don't you think Florence has the upper hand mm-hmm. her house she called the meeting to order she invited everyone yeah. over yeah she the meeting nobody would have come over if it wasn't for Flor uh Alice so that character because and everyone's like how did how did she get Frank to come and all this stuff oh it's because of Alice we never see any of that wheeling and dealing what she said who she nope. called to get Frank to come no, over. No, this was they, like a it, huge fucking deal for Frank to come over to the house. Yeah. Fine. Frank's there. They have a weird interaction in the kitchen. And that kind of sets her off. And instead of taking the subservient place at the table, she interjects and sits at the head of the table directly across from Frank. Right. And that is like a big... You could see the whole table like shift and feel some type of way because she's sitting at the head of the table. Exactly. And you could see Jack also looking not just dejected, but upset and kind of quietly raging and sits down next to her. Yeah. And you think in that conversation, something profound is going to come up. She's just accusing him of more uh, amorphous, uh, like, 
crimes. Like she's like, something's not right. There's something he's not telling us. The victory project's wrong. We should leave. He's manipulating us. And just kind of like the same old, same old. And he outmaneuvers her because he just gaslights her. Yeah. And at the table. She doesn't and bring any proof. Him. No proof, the, no evidence. That's the problem. Like if she would have had something to show and then you see um what's his name? Uh Chris Pine's character. Yeah, Frank. Frank. Then you see Frank really had to be on the defensive in that confrontation. Then you can build on that towards something happening in the third act. But they I don't just do feel it. like you want something to happen, some sort of something yeah. to come out of that conversation and nothing happens. And nothing Everyone happens leaves. from it. And actually, Gemma Chan's the one that's like, fuck you for like uh, coming at my husband and you, you invite us to your home and you insult us and all this stuff and gets up and leaves. Yep. So everyone is at a weird place and you thought that Florence Pugh's character was going to get something out of it. She doesn't. She doesn't. So, I mean, that gets us <laughs> to the reveal that Jack was, you know, I don't know if he drugged her or if he, you know, like physically assaulted her or anything to get her into the bed to have her eyes widened so she can be hypnotized into getting into this world. So I don't mm-hmm. know exactly how they did it. They just show him dragging her. You see her. Well, feet. that's part of the issue was that once she comes to a little bit, we see some flashes of her real mm-hmm. life, how she got in this world, what she looks like outside in the real world. And what Jack looks like in the real Harry Styles looks awful. Oh yeah. Like good on them for actually making him look terrible. Look terrible. Like I don't he had like skin tags on his face, the texture, I don't know what they did to his face. His hair looked totally different. You just looked so awful. And you're supposed I wanted more out of after that, after she starts gaining some memories back, I'm like, where's the rest of it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like where does that lead to that Mm -hmm. that type of reveal like are we supposed to find out like the entire network of stuff or is it just supposed to be jack is evil and And again harry styles isn't playing it (laughs) that way no where he i mean he's just so beta yeah he is a beta And there's male. not, like, how did he even come to this decision? <laughs> right. Because we you only know? see, like, one argument where it's, like, she well, came so home from work is, because she is a doctor. This is funny. She's a doctor, MD. A lot of people in their articles were saying she's a nurse. I don't know how the fuck you could think she's a nurse. She was leading the surgery. Yep. And her ID clearly says That's MD <laughs> in giant letters. So, Dr. Alice had a whatever what did she say like a 30 hour shift she came home and she said did you eat anything and incel jack looks up from his little screens and says no i didn't she's like why and he says well i didn't know what you wanted you weren't answering your phone (laughs) uh bro and I don't know. I don't know if you felt a certain type of way, but that struck a chord with me. Yo, I, I where was, just I was like, like get, get out of here, bro. Yeah, like you can't there is make your own shit. Something really? very familiar and terrible Ugh. about that interaction that was like you feel for Alice in that moment. You're like, okay, so 
So like, what do you want me to do about right, it now? Exactly. Like, I, it's now 30 I have to hours come later. home yeah. to make you food right, while right, you've right. been here listening to your podcast and playing. Did you change game? your diaper today? Like, yeah, what? That's- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there was a lot going on in that moment. And I yeah. wanted to sit in their interactions way more than we did. Yes, exactly. Um, so th- I, I wish there was more to that reveal. Uh, that leads to... Florence or Alice, <laughs> um, once they can't control her anymore, they send her to get like <laughs> electroshock shock. therapy. Exactly. So she forgets everything that happened so they can bring her back home and everybody welcomes her. Hey, welcome back. Ah, blah, blah. But then she has like an episode where she remembers because the little song she's been humming the entire damn movie where like we knew it was coming back in some way we were just like okay where is the song going to come into play that she keeps humming why do i know mm-hmm. that song and she like again you saying the movie spinning its wheels she did this i would say six or seven times or she's like humming <laughs> and it's like where's that song from uh finally we hear harry's character hum the song and that's where it triggers everything and she see mm-hmm. you know everything happens in her mind um Jack is trying yeah. to control her, trying to like she starts freaking the life out. out of her. Yeah, because she she's confronts freaking out. him. Why did you do this? And she's coming to grips with this man did this to me, and I still am grappling with my love for him because she's right. like, oh my god, and I love and I love you, and she's like, oh my god, <laughs> like what do I do? Because I still love you, and like you're terrible, you're psychotic. Yeah. And she ends up, what is it, hitting him over the head with a whiskey glass? Yep. Yep. He dies. He dies. Bunny suddenly busts in and finds them for some reason. Sure. Sure. And Bunny, who was gaslighting her the entire movie, suddenly is is like, you got to go. Um, that if someone if a man dies in here they die in the real world so you've just committed murder essentially you need to go go to the headquarters drive yourself out of the sim basically right escape escape because if not you're gonna be killed they're gonna kill you yeah yeah and then she which made no sense for that character then she reveals that i can't go (laughs) anywhere i can't do this because i chose to be here because it's the only place I could be where my kids actually are. Because apparently she had kids in real life, lost them. So she wanted her kids so bad that she... That she inserted herself into a sim? Uh, Wanda Maximoff. So basically <laughs> in a very poor man's Wanda Maximoff... Or Inception because or Inception. he goes into his yeah. dreams just to see his kids just and his wife. His so in a poor <laughs> version of that... She yeah. reveals that this is the only place I could be with my kids while in the entire time. But that makes no sense. She's Why complaining would she... about her kids. Yes. I <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like she's bitching about her kids the whole movie. The whole movie. And she doesn't seem at all very motherly. No. Ha- happy to be there. Like she's The kids are more enamored with Florence Pugh's character than they are with their own mom. So what the fuck even? I don't like I don't why get. even reveal this at this point because it's so I chose tone to deaf. Be here. So oh so my you kids, were purposely I love my kids so much. gaslighting these women. <laughs> yes, she's gaslighting every person who comes to question their reality. Yeah. Why? Why? Because 
they're there against their will. Like, you know what's going on and they don't. Like, how can you fucking like, it made no sense, Doesn't make sense. for her to do that. And then at the same time, it made no sense for her to switch and do the 180 and say, oh, you got to get out. This is all, I'm here on purpose and all this stuff. Like, it made no, None of that. no. sense it doesn't. for the character motivations whatsoever. So... Now Florence is on the run. She drives out to. Well, first, hold on, because she oh, goes okay. outside. There's a. T- this is what really makes me angry about Ooh. movies in general. Is there is a time constraint? You're s- now. Now she's on the run. She knows she needs to get out. She knows she needs to escape. Instead, she fucking walks out calmly from the house into the middle of the street. And starts what? Looking at all of the women in the cul-de-sac? Yeah. What is the point of this time-wasting scene? Other than suddenly the other women are coming to the realization that something's up? That's the reason. That's the only reason. reason. And it is done poorly. Poorly. Because giving a look to someone isn't enough to, you know, indicate, hey. To convince them all of a sudden the reality is real. There is something wrong here for you. Like there, there's nothing there because she's just giving him a look and it's not even a look of like, I was right and you need to get out of here. No, no, none of that. It, it's, it's just, For what like, it's just wasting time. And the women are just kind of looking at her and I don't know, the street lights, the street lamps blow up and it's weird. It's not explained at all and the men are getting angry they said this couldn't happen and they're upset because their ladies are waking up like they're not even fully waking waking up at right. the most they just feel like something's off like exactly. it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever so finally florence actually goes on the run she starts driving you know the the men in the red uh, track suits are all like chasing after her uh are those the programs like a program within the sim oh within the sim maybe uh, i can't it, imagine they, be they just appear real life nowhere people. i just can't imagine that it would be a real life person with the threat of them dying within the sim right i think all it, those men I think are it's employed just like no random like program i think it's a program yeah it's i think it's be. like a uh, tron oh yeah 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 which incidentally, Olivia Wilde oh, of she was in Tron Legacies. So. Oh yeah, that's right, she was. Yeah. Uh, okay, so now it's a race out in the desert. You know, car chase with nineteen fifties cars. How those cars caught up to her? I was like, awesome how are they makeup. gaining on her? I don't know. Like she has like an amazing speedster car. <laughs> And like these 1950s, like from Greece, like are like keep, keeping up and catching up to her. Didn't make any sense. Um, so yeah, I, I called bullshit on that. Yeah, one too. and so it then it turns into a foot race because of course the car gets stuck going up the hill, and so now all these red suited guys are cl- running up the hill, riding Scr- on a rock, s- scrambling up this like ant hill. And so then Ugh. she gets up there, kills more time by imagining kills more time by- <laughs> Jack. Hugging her. It's like from behind. From behind. Like, I love you. Or what was it? I can't remember what it was. And then it gives the red tracksuit guys enough time to gain on her. And just before they grab her, she touches the glass. And then we get her dancing. 
dancing in a room, some sort of like moaning or like breathing like she's woken up. Yeah, but if you you know what this reminded me of? This reminded me of you remember in Marriage Story when ScarJo is like basically white girl dancing? Yeah. It reminded me of that, like the dancing that Florence Pugh is like, just like, oh, this is just like white girl liberated type of dancing. And it's yeah, like freedom. Like, and I was just like sitting there, like, really? (laughs) This is what we're going to do? And then black. Fade to cut to black. Like, that's the end of the movie. That's the end. We never see her reckon with Jack. We never see what the fuck happened after that. Like, what is the condition of her body she's obviously not gonna be able to dance if she's atrophied on the bed i like have so many things that i want to see honestly like this confrontation or like this resolve should have happened in the real world yeah instead Mm -hmm. we don't get that at all so that being said oh we never return back to the crashed plane oh yeah they just mentioned it multiple times and that's it yeah there was a crash plane, no. but no, no resolve to that. I saw the crash plane. Nobody else saw it. So it was it a phantasm? Was it a a glitch in the sim? Like, was it what? What was it? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I have another thing in regards to this entire end. So Chris oh, yeah, Pine sure. is like, you know, by standing by the phone, making sure. To oh get my her. god, let's talk about this. Oh. So he answers the phone, and they're like. You know, she's the doctor's dead and blah. And so she's still on her way. And as he turns around, Gemma Chan, his wife, stabs him with a knife. Yeah. And she says something about like, uh, now it's my turn. You idiot or something. Yeah, you idiot. Now it's my turn or something like that. Yeah. And she twists the knife and kills him. Why? Why? She was loyal up until a second ago. So is she also part of like the people who run it? Was she captive? I, ooh, good question. I don't know. You know? And the thing is, like you say, it's his wife. It could have been very well some rando that he got off the street. That's also and true. And inserted her into the sim and like, you're my wife now. Yeah, but. That's the like really horrific thing about all of these men is that these are not necessarily their wives in real life right or the or even their girlfriends i don't it think could jack be and, even worse like it, it could be I like a, you know stronger messaging could have been something along the lines of you see the real lives of other couples outside of yeah. jack and alice right and Ooh. it could have been like oh this is a girl like i am like desperate to be with but she only sees right. me as a friend and i like like that could it have could been be an entire really, thing really taken the next step yeah with it this is a movie that does not take next steps no that's the problem no we never Here's returned an idea. to kiki kiki lane's character margaret oh, who was yeah. the first to have the reckoning and she fucking slits her throat and we don't so see, she dies yeah she dies she dies she dies because her son dies in the sim yeah they, but then they took away the <laughs> olivia wilde's Olivia Wilde's character was saying that the kids aren't real. None of the kids in there are real. uh. So, (laughs) so so bad. So, okay, what were you saying? What were you going to say before I talked about Margaret? (laughs) Um, 
I don't even remember now. <laughs> okay, it's I okay. Don't. So the last thing that I want to talk about is that this was not the original ending. Thank God. To the script. This is a completely new ending. So I can read you what the spec script Please tell me. originally had. Okay. So popbuzz.com has what the original script had. In the spec script, Alice, in the, in the script, she was originally named Evelyn. Okay. I know why they went with Alice, because Alice in Wonderland, in Wonderland. Alice through the looking glass and all that fucking shit. Totally so anyway, makes, I get it. Renamed the character Alice. Alice finds out she's in a simulation after discovering an exit door back to the real world disguised as a house for sale. Mm. I like that. Okay. She then fully wakes up in the real world, hooked to an MRI-like machine and an IV. She crawls out of bed and discovers that it's actually 2050, the year 2050, and she's been trapped in the basement of her house. She discovers Jack's futuristic computer and finds out about the alt-life simulation where men can live in a world without being controlled by women. She finds signed divorce papers and then a whole host of articles reporting that she went missing and the police were unable to find her body. She realizes that Jack has faked her death in order to put her into the simulation with him. When she hears Jack come home, she puts herself back into the sim and heads back to the 1950s alternate reality. Later, Jack in the simulation realize, realizes Alice knows what's going on and then she is taken to get shock therapy. Alice returns and starts acting normal, but she later attacks Jack, knocking him unconscious and tying him to their bed. After interrogating him about the simulation, Jack eventually admits what's going on, explaining that he just wanted them to be happy after they divorced due to her work taking priority over their relationship. Mm. Jack reveals there's an exit portal in their house and Alice leaves to go back to the real world. Jack escapes returns to the real world, and the two end up getting into a physical fight in the real world. Oh. Alice stabs Jack and kills him. At the end, Bunny, who was originally named Betsy in the spec script, Bunny finds Alice and Jack covered in blood, and they're in their kitchen in the 50s. Alice then wakes up in a psychiatric hospital and is told that there's no simulation. Mm. It's all It's all in her head. She is later visited by Bunny, who then tells Alice that she knew. She then reveals there's an exit door behind them. Alice leaves through the door and the screen goes black. So after the fight in the real world, they get fa- they get discovered, covered in blood, and uh, evidently she gets reinserted back into the 1950s and they put her in a psychiatric hospital, making her think it's all in her head. Oh. Right? And then that's when Bunny visits her and tells her, basically, it's all fake. She's It's real. Not it's all fake, it's real. Right. It means this is you're actually in the sim. You're actually and there's an exit door and she escapes. Yeah. And the screen cuts to black. This is a much better sounding. That is a wildly better ending to this movie. So much better. Wildly better. Why God? What a Because we actually have like confrontation between her and jack like i was saying earlier it feels like jack is supposed to be the main big bad of the movie right and it would make and in this version he would have been man come on (laughs) yo why'd you tell me that like why'd you tell me this much better alternate version of this movie that's i I feel bad because i would have much preferred the alt version where the original version 
of this script. Yeah. I, I would Where she too. has a lot more agency. There's more stuff happening in the real world. You kind of have a um what's that ending where it's like, oh, it's all a dream. It's all in your head. You're crazy. Um, oh man. What's that? What's that movie that did that? Shutter Island, maybe? Shutter Island. Well. Anyway, it's been done. Yeah, it's been done. In movies where you're like, oh my God, it was just a crazy person. And no, it's all real. Exactly. And she's not crazy and she can get out of the sim and go back to her life. Ah, what what a <laughs> letdown. Yo. But that's, that's the actual ending. And yeah. what we got is so much worse. So much worse. <laughs> oh, man. That's fine. Okay, yeah. uh, real quick, where people kind of stand. Really, I want to talk about Olivia Wilde here. Okay, okay. Um, because obviously she came in hot with uh, Booksmart, Booksmart, you know, a, a comedy that a lot of people enjoyed. One of the uh, funniest comedies probably in the last few years. Uh, so there was a lot, you know, of hype with her being a director. So people were excited about her second you know movie now do you think that this will do so much damage to her that maybe it'll be a while before we see a third movie from her no you don't think so no and i'll tell you why if this had not been the number one movie of the weekend then i would think oh Hollywood's going to think twice about hiring olivia wilde to direct a movie but gotcha because it was I think she still has some clout. She still has some clout. Her PR team, like the devil works hard, but Olivia Wilde's PR team works harder. <laughs> and she's going to get out of it. She's going to like get through this. Whether she ends up sticking with Harry Styles or not, I think that their working relationship might be done. Yeah. I cannot see Olivia Wilde working with Harry Styles again. No. After this all. whole debacle. I Which could imagine. only help her <laughs> in the long run because, honestly, like people just hate to see them together now. Oh, yeah, for sure. They just hate it. Whether they are guilty of, uh, you know, adultery or whatever, I it doesn't matter. Like people just see them in a negative light. And I think as long as Olivia Wilde can rebound PR-wise, she's got a chance at directing another film. Yeah, she does. Uh, yes. I don't see Hollywood throwing her, throwing her away over this. No, you're right. You're right about that. I think that she, it'll probably be a little bit like she will probably let things kind of like smooth over and see what happens and then come back. So it'll probably be a couple years before we, we hear her directing another movie. Um, I don't think the thriller genre is for her. I agree. After I think she one. should just leave it to Jordan Peele. <laughs> and you know what? I remember reading those texts from Florence and uh, Shia LaBeouf. And, Shia. and at one point they were talking like, oh, whoa, that was that was not what I was expecting. Like there was some language in there that made you think that they got an update on the movie. Right. And it was a little bit different than what they were expecting. And you know what? It could be this giant rewrite that happened. Yeah. That 
it changed the ending and it was too late for Florence to back out. Yeah, but not for, for Shia and, you know. Probably didn't just, film as many of his scenes yet. So he was I just like, yeah, I'm good. I mean. <sighs> yeah. So much conflict was taken out of the movie. Yeah, that's the problem. Of that third act. Yeah. Yeah, this movie needed conflict. At least a good amount of conflict. Something, And again, I will say that the conflict should not have been inside of the world. It should have been outside no, of the world. No, it should have been in the real world. In the real which world. Which is how... You have a lot more realizations on her part, and I mean, you get to see the divorce papers. She finds out she's presumed dead. Yep. Like that's crazy, and you never so many good things there. So many so juicy many, things yeah, that they left but out. Did they do it? No. Ah. Shush. <laughs> All right, I, I'm done. Yeah. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Uh so unfortunately, oh, oh, one yeah. last thing that there I wanted go. to say. I'm so sorry. Because we were talking about, is this a feminist movie? I don't oh, think yeah. it is. No. Because of Bunny's character. Yeah. In particular. Yeah. It ruins the messaging. It ruins the messaging to have another woman who knows full well what's going on in the world still gaslighting other yep. women. Yeah. Com- consistently. Yeah. So it ruins the overall messaging of like, this is yeah. supposed to be a woman who's taking back control of their own situation so even though she bunny's character has control over everything she's negating other women's control exactly no keeping them down that that's that's a no for me dog no 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 so at the end of the day a disappointment because i think you and i were we're looking forward to the movie because we wanted to see something that wasn't you know ip uh, we like Florence Pugh. We like um, like Harry Styles as an actor. I could take or leave right now. But I know a lot of people like Harry Styles just as a star, you know. Uh, and I had, you know, some, some ex- not expectations, but I was definitely hopeful for Olivia Wilde's second outing as a director. Um, yeah. And it just didn't live up to the expectations. Uh, and so... I don't really recommend the movie that that much at all, <laughs> really, to anyone because it's not really. No, any it's like an HBO movie if nothing else is on. Uh, yeah, you there know? you go. Like, oh, I'll just put on like, don't worry, darling. Yeah, sure, why not? Like one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are our thoughts on "Don't Worry, Darling," uh, the new film once again directed by Olivia Wilde, starring Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. Uh, if you like the movie or if you didn't like the movie or if you have different thoughts about the movie let us know on social media at always critic pod once again we're on all the socials twitter instagram facebook tiktok at always critic pod uh if you have not followed us or subscribed to your favorite podcast app go ahead and do that now we're on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, many more while you're there go ahead and give us a five-star review four stars is not good enough for us. Five stars goes a long way for us. And finally, if you've done all that, you've been a supporter of us for five minutes, five months, and almost five years coming wow. up soon, uh, go ahead and subscribe on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. For as little as $2 a month, you get a backlog of our old episodes, so you can check some of those old reviews out. Plus, you can support us on our endeavors of the special episodes that we make for Patreon members only. So check that out, 
patreon.com slash always critic pod so with that said that has been our episode i'm rico and i'm jessica and this has been the always a critic podcast we'll be right back.